ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could, would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. Welcome to Monday Scramble Podcast, Lisa Cornwell, Will Gray. How about Justin Rose? Quite a performance in Rio, earning the gold medal as a member of, or representing rather, Great Britain. He was so excited in the finish, so, so much drama, so much, uh, you could see the passion, you could just see how much this meant to him. And I'll be honest, um, I didn't know what I was going to really think about this when it started. I mean, you know, you think that it'll be wonderful, but then you also think, well, this is just another event. It's not really a team event. It's an individual 72-hole uh, stroke play competition. It blew me away, and I think, that, I think that we saw by Justin Rose's reaction that he was blown away, the fans were blown away, Twitter was blown away. <laughs> what were your thoughts? Yeah, I thought it, were I thought you it was... you blown away? Uh, yeah, I thought it was a really good event. I think, uh, first of all, props to Gil Hans. Nothing but great things about the golf course from the yeah. players, it seemed like, which it, this day and age, it seems impossible to get you know, positive feedback off a brand new course, but he managed to pull it off and it looked great on television. I think that Justin Rose winning is a great outcome for the long-term future of golf in the Olympics. I think that it was really good to have a quote-unquote notable gold medal champion. He's a guy that embraced the Olympics from the very start. Him and his caddy, Fuchs, they were tweeting pictures throughout the entire process of going to Rio and landing in Rio, going to other events. So he's a guy that's going to be able to wear the gold medal with class and be a great representative of golf in the Olympics. And, and you know, what more can you ask for? You've got a, a duel between two major champions. Comes down to the final hole between Rose and Stenson. And uh, Justin Rose hit the chip in tight and won himself some nice hardware. Two passionate major champions, too. Yes. You can tell how much yes. this meant to both both players. Let's welcome in Randall Mel and get his thoughts. Uh, Randall, I know that you paid close attention to everything that was going on, first of all. Uh, thanks for taking time to join us. What were, uh, your what were your thoughts watching Justin Rose do what he did, especially down the stretch on Sunday? Yeah, I'm like the both of you. I, uh, Huge curiosity going in. What was it actually going to be like on Sunday in the finish? Was it was it going to feel monumental? Was it going to feel like a major? Because uh, we didn't know. And in the days leading in, in the practice rounds, uh, you know, there's not crowds out there. Um, it didn't have this uh, buzz like, uh, you know, a, a major would leading in. Uh, but Sunday, wow, Sunday proved everything it it did feel big it felt monumental it felt like a major and then to have uh rose and stenson duel you know two big names uh, it really added credence to the finish and i also felt like during the week um we got to see what a big deal olympic golf was through the eyes of bubba and ricky 
uh, just their reaction, the way they embraced everything, their appearance at events, it, it just did make golf feel a part of the whole thing. And, and they drew us in that way. And I think um, the importance of all the other sports of, uh, you know, track and field and swimming and the players embracing that and, uh, it, it made them feel like this event was important, and we felt all of that through them. Yeah, I think it was such a good day or a good week, really, just for the sport itself. I think that I think a lot of people were introduced to golf because of what happened in Rio, and hopefully that will continue with the ladies taking over this week. But it was so cool to me to watch the fan reaction because I felt like there were a lot of people who had maybe never watched golf before. Well, yeah, you and can you talk because they kept taking pictures with their softball. Well, yeah, and which is okay. <laughs> I mean, come on, they're, you know, it, they're a spirited bunch. But you could just see some of the reactions, like watching Stinson or, or Rose or anybody just pound the golf ball, and it was like they had never seen it. It was like a missile had taken off. <laughs> Did you notice yeah, that? I mean, yeah, it was the crowd sure. reaction, I thought, was just phenomenal. I will say the one the one missing element for me, you can't script the entire thing obviously, but and you've got three great men on the podium there, but I would have loved to have seen someone from the back of the pack end up on the podium, whether it's Thomas Peters or Kiridesh Afa Barnrat, but just to see someone come from an, a, you know outside the main scope of golf and end up on the podium, I think would have been cool, but certainly... Didn't Cooch do that? I mean, well, what was Cooch, he? Uh, yeah, he can great on Sunday. Yeah, but I think Cooch is pretty notable, and it should be, he gets extra points for winning a bronze medal two weeks after not knowing what the Olympic format was. That's a pretty quick turnaround, uh, but a 64 on Sunday will do that. But I think, you know, Seamus Power from Ireland was up there, Marcus Frazier shot that okay. opening 63, but just someone who I think that it would have been a really a crowning achievement to get onto that podium. I think right now, Justin Rose and Stenson, you're going to talk about these medals alongside their major championships. Kucher has won the players as well. It just, it, you know, it's a scenario that could have gone, uh, you know, a different direction. But like I said, three very deserving players atop that podium. Randall, what do you think about the overall impact of golf and the Olympics that it's going to have on the sport? Yeah, I agree with Will there. And especially like looking forward to the women, I was thinking, what, what's the best outcome? Who's the best winner? Um, on one hand, having Lydia Ko or uh, an already established player like um, uh, Aria Jutanagarn or um, Lexi Thompson, that, that's good for the sports. It, it like validates that, um, you know, uh, the, the event. But also, Will is right. If, if, the real reason, if the real reason for the Olympics, golf and the Olympics, is to grow the game, and that is, the real reason they wanted to get into it. There, there definitely is a business, a huge business deal to this. Um, the best winner probably in the women's would be Shanshan Feng because China is such a sleeping giant. And because, and talking to Shanshan uh, at the Women's British Open, how, you know, uh, golf is still really not viewed as, as a big deal in China, but it's growing. And, you know, she calls it a sleeping giant. But the Olympics, she said, you know, when we watch Olympic athletes, uh, uh, Chinese Olympic athletes on the medal stand, they are heroes. They are like celebrities. So for Shan Shan to win, um, to Will's point there, you know, that, that really resonates in a way that will grow the game in China, a sleeping giant where, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, Shan Shan told me that she thought that, um, you know, but China has the capability of catching Korea. If golf can catch fire there, um, there's just a love of sport in China. If it gets popular, look out for the Chinese. That's a, that's a big statement to get yeah. to where the Republic of Korea is. We definitely want to preview the women uh, with you, Randall, but let's, I want to 
kind of keep the focus right now on, on the men and starting with Justin Rose because you mentioned grow the game. Uh, Justin Rose has certainly done his part to grow the game worldwide. It's amazing when you look at some of his numbers. This is his ninth different country where he's had a win. Six different continent. The only continent where he hasn't won, Antarctica. Soon enough. So. We'll have a, w, a WGC in Antarctica by 2023. Maybe you, can, maybe you can make that happen. Yeah, I'll write to Tim Finch and we'll, we'll make is, it happen. Yeah, is, is Gil Hans over there already? Yeah. Hey, yeah, look. They're setting up shop. Justin Rose would be, be fine for it. What a great champion, though. I mean, it, it, he just, such a, a nice person, such a good person for the sport. Such it's so easy uh, to cheer for him. As you look at these Olympic gold medal winners, how about, uh, this stat that the last Olympic gold medal awarded in men's golf was fourth was forty thousand eight hundred and sixty seven days prior who's to counting? yesterday. Who's but who's counting? Okay. I mean, I just simple math. <laughs> but yeah, I think that Justin Rose is a great example of the global game of golf. He's he's an Englishman, but he's born in South Africa. Used to live right down the street from Henrik Stenson at Lake Nona in Orlando. Now makes his home in the Bahamas. Plays both tours, the PGA Tour and the European Tour. Embraces that kind of dual citizenship in the world of golf and uh, now he's got an Olympic gold medal. A man of the world, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, the way he won to face off against Stenson, who really the hottest player on the planet, uh, we just saw the way he, he dueled Phil Mickelson. Um, uh, Stenson, to beat Stenson, when Stenson's just full of confidence and if you're a player um, and you're going up against him, you know, that's all in your head, you know, so Justin... Uh, really held it together in his swing. Uh, you know, Brandel Chambly was talking on the air about how uh, what he and Sean Foley have done together is one of the prettiest things to watch in golf. You know, that, that's high compliment coming from uh, Brandel. And, and his ball striking was just phenomenal, wasn't it, the, the whole weekend? Yeah, for sure. I would agree. And, and there's a reason that those guys ended up kind of distancing themselves from the pack. My, my question to you, Randy, is what are, what's our takeaway from the American men. Matt Kuchar gets the bronze medal, but it was such a slow start from the other three guys. Ricky Fowler kind of came on on Saturday with that 64. But what's your takeaway from the four U.S. participants on the men's side from this week in Rio? Yeah, uh, Matt Kuchar salvaged something, didn't he? Because I think uh, with the Americans uh, having the largest delegation, uh, I think the only country with four players, correct? Correct. Um, it would have been, I think, a huge disappointment for them not to medal at all. Uh, so for Matt Kuchar just to win the bronze and become a part of the story and then the way he reacted and uh, the way he talked about it and just his feelings about it you know the Americans are very much included so he salvaged something but yeah overall a disappointment Ricky just kind of seems to be going in that same kind of a little bit of a uh, struggle right now uh, Bubba made a move you know he made it interesting but he just couldn't sustain it but I still think Bubba and Ricky are huge figures in it for golf because of the way that they drew all of us into the Olympics as a whole, the way with all the talk coming into it of players, not really being sure, if you know, golf should be in the Olympics. The way these guys embraced it was huge. And, and I really appreciated that the way they communicated it. Uh, cause, cause we did feel it there, um, how they love these games and being at them. We, we felt it through them. Randy, one more quick one before we shift to the, the women. We talked about how Jim Furyk's 58 at the Travelers Championship kind of put him on the Ryder Cup radar. Do you feel the same way about Matt Kuchar's bronze medal? Does that now make him kind of a lead figure in the mix of potential captain's picks for the Ryder Cup? Good question. 
Uh, yeah, I think yeah. It's uh, and if you're if you're Davis Love, you know the more the merrier, right? The more to consider. Well, not too better. many more. He's only got he's only got four picks. He's got to make some choices here at some point. Right, but you know that, it's good to see because how, Will and Lisa, how often when it gets down to the crunch to the Ryder Cup, when you know you're looking at points, who's on the outside, who can make it. It always seems like guys choke. It's a lot of pressure, and it does. How many times do you remember somebody really rising to the occasion to say, hey, yes, I am a definitive captain's pick, or, or to make the team, to make a run those last few weeks? It doesn't happen very often, and it just shows you the amount of pressure and how badly guys want to make it and how hard it is to make it. So to see a guy step up like that, I think it is a good deal. Well, look, and, and Matt Kuchar, he is kind of the model of consistency in the game of golf, which is so hard to achieve. And even this season, I mean, uh, this was his seventh top ten finish in his last 11 starts. He has nine top ten finishes on the PGA Tour this season. If you're Davis Love the third, <laughs> you have to look at him. I mean, yeah, the guy I is But But now it gets to the question of who solid. do you bump out? Do you bump out Fowler? Do you bump out Bubba? Do you bump out Furyk? I mean, there's you have a lot of really marquee names on the wrong side of the Ryder Cup bubble right now. we got... Two more weeks to well, go. Do you so want Matt Kuchar or, or Ricky Fowler right now? I take Ricky. Really? Yeah. I think Ricky is a huge asset for the team. I think he's a, he makes a big difference for a home Ryder Cup in terms of jazzing up the fans. I think that there's an intangible that he brings that Kuchar maybe doesn't bring. I think Ricky is streaky. He hasn't played well for much of the summer, but I would take my chances with Ricky. Who would you take, Randall? Right, right now I'd be leaning toward Matt just because Ricky's form. Uh, you, you know, Will's right on all those counts, but form – and form, I don't know if you can just muster form uh, when you need it, you know, with if, if you haven't shown it coming into these things. So, I don't know. I, because of the consistency, I'd probably go lean with uh, Matt. I would, too. I mean, it well, just, I'm voted now. it's all, it, look, <laughs> spirit and, and hype, that's great. It, this is about winning. Yeah, and, it, it's not that far long ago yeah. that, that Ricky Fowler was, was really playing lights out yeah. early in the season. No, I, look, no knock to him, but, I mean, Kuchar's he's, I get he's playing really well right now. You guys want to talk about the ladies? Because we it. have another exciting week. Now, I think everybody's even more pumped up for it now because we saw what the men did. And, now, and it's cool, too, because – watching the men play on a golf course and then watching the women play the same thing. It's kind of like what we saw at Pinehurst yep. a couple of years back, uh, but only different. The women went first. So I think that that's well, what I'm... The men went first then. Oh, that's right. Okay. That's all right. I'll keep no. up. It's Monday. This is the Monday <laughs> scramble, right? I need another cup of coffee. Yeah, they yeah, did. it's a good setup. So, so it was fun to, it was fun yeah. to watch kind of the reaction there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that it's going to be very interesting. And, and Randy, you can add some insight here, but I'm, I'm very intrigued to see how some of these top women play, whether you're talking about Lydia Coe, Brooke Henderson, R.A. Tanagarn coming off, uh, all three of them coming off major championship victories this year and, and what they can do to maybe validate their seasons and really put a stamp on the game. I think that there's a chance that the women's gold medal could be even, even more meaningful for the global game for the women than maybe necessarily the men was with Justin Rose. We'll see. Randy, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree because the women, uh, Mike Wan, the LPGA commissioner, he's talked about when he came in, one of the things he wanted to do was just get them on bigger stages, um, get them more exposure. And, uh, wow, you, you know, you don't get any more exposure than you do at the Olympics. But I do think part of that depends on how it unfolds, what the storylines are, uh, if you have something unusual. You know, who knows, maybe even a, a Solheim Cup-type controversy, something that draws <laughs> a lot of attention uh, to the women on this huge stage would be would be uh, incredible for the women because um, – 
You know, it, it's a, it's a, one of the reasons Mike Juan created a fifth major. It was just another way to get a big stage because the women don't have a, a FedEx Cup. They don't have World Golf Championships. So that was a huge factor in his um, wanting to create a fifth major. So, yeah, it, it's um, – and I, but like I said, I do think it depends on um, if something dramatic can unfold, if some riveting story unfolds. Uh, but at the same time, a, a name player that we are all familiar with in the golf niche, like Stacey Lewis, if she's in the hunt, her whole story, her whole story of growing up with scoliosis, uh, of having a metal rod and four screws and inserted into her spine, you know, that that story um, will be retold to, um, you know, millions of fans who don't know it already. So uh, that's a way for the women to get their story out on, on, a, on a larger stage and maybe draw some people in to watch on a more regular basis. Well, I think... I look at two big things to watch for a lot of people who don't watch the ladies play all the time. <clears throat> Area Jatanya Garn and Lexi Thompson. I think people are going to be so impressed with the power that these two ladies possess. It's absolutely Area incredible. Area Garn just going to two iron oh, her she's way just to, gonna, that, to the podium. That stinger two iron that she hits. It's it's absolutely amazing. And and to go out there, I think people expect that from the guys. But when you watch those two ladies play, it it's it's so impressive. And then the other takeaway is Lydia Ko, her wedge play. I mean, it's just, if she's doing Lydia Ko things like she, she normally does, uh, those to me are the two big storylines. So I'm really interested to watch Lydia and Aria and Lexi. I would add to yeah. that uh, Jarena Pillar. Yeah. Just barely snuck in as the third American representative. Hasn't won yet on the LPGA, but has had such a consistent season. You want to talk about parallels to Matt Kuchar. I feel like Jarena Pillar is that, yeah. that mirror on the women's game where she hasn't won, but every week, T3, T6, T8, she's always in the mix. This is her chance now to maybe break through and, and really make a statement on the world stage. It, there would be something poetic about Jarena Pillar winning a gold medal. Uh, it's her first big win, too, because she really is a throwback. Jarena did not start playing until she was 15 years old, and, and that's part of the reason she's at, in her early 30s now. She's a little bit, you know, behind is that she started so late but she's a throwback in the sense that that's the way it used to and she she played all the sports she was an all-state volleyball player she, she was a little league player who played against the the boys um she, uh, track and field she did everything and that's why she's a throwback she's more like uh the way betsy king was and julie inkster i think it's a big reason why jarena and julie are so close and um you know jarena spends a lot of time with Julie, and, you know, Jarena isn't that far off from the age of Julie's children. So for Jarena to win a gold medal, I think there would be something fitting about that and, you know, that the all-sports stage for her to take a medal because she's someone who's going to, uh, you know, really be into the volleyball and um, and all these different things. She'd, she'd be a great uh, winner. What about the Republic of Korea? Is this the hardest Olympic I keep calling it a team, but yeah. you know what I mean, to qualify for. Yes, I mean, when you look at the talent, I think yeah. that we have a graphic that shows all of these ladies, but we haven't even mentioned. I mean, Envy Park, she's trying to overcome that thumb injury, so we'll see how she's doing. Another great athlete. Um, Sayoung Kim may be the best female athlete in golf. Wow. Yeah, I mean, just incredible, an incredible athlete. You walk into a gym, and she's doing push-ups and pull-ups, and uh, <laughs> she absolutely knocks the – Tar. Yes, out of the golf ball. <laughs> yep. Amy Yang, I love watching her play, just the model of consistency. And, of course, 
major champion and Ng Chun. Yep. Who, so yeah. uh, the Republic yeah. of Korea, watch out as usual. Yeah, Randy, what's what's yeah. the health situation? We got to start with MB Park and then kind of add your thoughts as you will on uh, the Korean team. Yes, MB uh, took two months off. She after she qualified for the LPGA Hall of Fame, made it in at the KP. MG Women's PGA in early June. Um, you know, she took two months off until playing uh, last week a Korean LPGA event. Um, she hadn't played in two months. While she was there, she told the Korean media that, um, you know, she still ha had a little pain in her thumb, but um, she was ready and she was going to play through it. Um, she missed the cut in a KLPGA event, which, which wasn't a good thing, but a little rusty. But she said she was rusty with her iron play and uh, her putting a little bit, but she was happy with it. She drove it. She said actually her thumb felt uh, better than she thought. So, um, and she, she said she didn't have much pain in it. But uh, now that she's playing more, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, the Koreans, uh, the pressure um, on them to win a gold medal is probably more intense than on any country because um, they are the force in women's golf, and there's so much pride in Korea over women's golf. Um, the, the the TV ratings for the International Crown two years ago were twice what the TV ratings were for the Masters uh, in <laughs> Korea. You know, it's just hard it's to fathom, but it shows you how much uh, they love women's golf over there. But uh, you know, Nayeon Choi was telling me, and, and so Yan Yu about the just the pressure to make the team. They were having weekly standings in newspapers and online as to what the you know who the top four were and who, and who was in the on the bubble to make the team. Just just intense pressure. So for them, you know that nation wants to prove that they are uh, the top golfing nation, and um, an Olympic medal would would certainly do that. So yeah, a uh, good team they got. Though they'll, they'll be tough. I'm glad MB was able to make it. Although her caddy did tell me at the KPMG uh, that her doctors basically said that she's going to need six months away from golf to fully heal. So. She, this may be something yeah, that she's she's dealing spot. with yeah. until she takes that time that she needs. But obviously, with the Olympics, she wanted to do her best to to try to get ready. Randall, before we let you go, there has been a big announcement in West Palm Beach where you have been. Uh, tell us what's going on. Oh yeah, I was down here, Lisa. Um, you know, with this PGA Tour LPGA Alliance that was announced, sort of a, a formal cooperative effort. We saw just a, a, one of the first. Um, deals with that and that the, the uh, uh, Jessica Corda and Justin Thomas uh, who both won in Malaysia last year they were down here for uh, a media day in West Palm where they were uh, you know they were they were filmed on camera or interviewed on camera it was projected back to Malaysia media and uh, just an example of what the LPGA and PGA Tour are trying to do together uh, the LPGA uh, and PGA Tour events will be played back to back in Malaysia this year back to back weeks on the same uh, venue. It was Kuala Lumpur Golf and Country Club, and it's becoming a, a, a TPC venue. And uh, like I said, they'll be back-to-back, -back, so over there they'll get to experience uh, the LPGA uh, and the PGA Tour in back-to-back -back weeks as, as, as we got to experience it at Piners and the U.S. Open. But just another example of the LPGA and PGA Tour trying to do things together. And I think the big thing we're all waiting for there is to see what joint event uh, they're they're still in the works trying to plan a joint event with the PGA Tour and LPGA playing together. Nobody knows quite yet what they're going to do, but um, that'll be a big deal when they finally come up with a plan and announce it. All right, Randall Mel, thank you so much for joining us. Safe All travels. Right.
great being on. Thanks, Lisa. Thank Bye, you. Will. See you. I think, like we talked before this whole thing started, the PGA Tour uh, and Commissioner Fincham, I think, is being really smart about this. And, and Randall mentioned it. It is so big. Women's golf is so big in Asia, uh, especially in that part of the world. And uh, they're, they're testing the waters, so to speak, uh, where, it's, where it can potentially have a huge financial impact. Yeah, for sure. And like we said, you know, it's going to be great to see the women play the same course this week in Rio as the men did last week. And we saw it at Pinehurst a couple years ago. Now we'll see it again in Malaysia. But just we're inching closer to that potential mixed event or, or co-sanctioned event or what have you. We'll have to see how the details come together. But it's, it's an exciting time. The closer those two organizations work together, I think the better it is for the game of golf as a whole. Yeah, and it's definitely good. I mean, especially, I think, for the women's game. I think yeah. that it's going to help grow uh, the LPGA Tour. Uh, Let's get uh, let's get some thoughts on John Deere. Everybody's paying attention yeah, to what was happening. Yeah, while you were sleeping, while Ryan Moore sleeping. wins the John Deere. Uh, first off, kudos to Ryan Moore, fifth career PGA Tour victory, first in a couple years. But secondly, I think it's an absolute travesty that they're playing this event opposite the Olympics. Yeah. And I think that in 2020, there's a whole lot of stuff they need to work out about the schedule. But one of the things needs to be the Olympics deserves its own stage. That it detracted from the event at least a little bit to have this going opposite. I think it. It made the PGA Tour's commitment to the Olympics seem a little disingenuous. I know that you have to have these events. You've got the mid-tier guys fighting for their spots in the FedEx Cup. But when you're working the schedule, there's got to be a way to clear this week and just give it to the Olympics because no one paid attention to the deer, and that's a great event run by great people up in Silvis, Illinois, and it's unfortunate that they really got cast in the shadow. Yeah, I could say something and add to it, but I think you said it very well. I, I agree 100%. A lot to look forward to this week yeah. in golf. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the, as we said, the FedEx Cup's winding down, so I'll be in Greensboro on Wednesday for the Wyndham Championship. It's the last event uh, of the FedEx Cup season. We've got the women's playing uh, the Olympics, certainly in Rio. There's the European Tour is in the Czech Republic, and the USAM, Ryan Labner, for all the college and amateur fans of golf, uh, he's going to be up in Detroit, Michigan at uh, Oakland Hills for the USAM. But I'm going to be at the Wyndham. Always interesting to see how the bubble plays out for the top 125 trying to get in to the FedEx Cup playoffs and get their card for next season. But then we also have the secondary bubble now of the Ryder Cup because usually when you get to the Wyndham, that the, the team, the automatic qualifiers for the U.S. have already wow. been decided. And now with things getting pushed back, you see Ricky Fowler added the Wyndham late. Patrick Reed, who won this event in 2013, is going to play. Jim Furyk is in the field. So you've got guys jostling for some of those last couple of automatic spots before the cutoff, which will be next week after the Barclays. Hard to believe it was last year when we saw Tiger Woods. We, we've made it last, a, full, a full year without Tiger Woods. I did not think that that was how it was going to be. But, yeah, tie for 10th a year ago, set the, the greater Greensboro area on fire, <laughs> chipping in on that first hole, and, and it seems like it was 10 years ago, let alone one year. And right hard now. to believe it's also when Davis loved the third. Yeah, he won it. I mean, yeah, Injured, so. won't be able to defend no. his title uh, this year, which is unfortunate, but he will be there looking at the – the Ryder Cup, and he'll have a press conference on Thursday. But, uh, yeah, it, it was a quite interesting tournament last year. Every time we get to this part of the year, it's, it's, there's a lot of compelling storylines, who's in, who's out for the various bubbles, and it'll be a good week at Sedgefield. An old-school Donald Ross course, so I am, it's always high on my list. Anytime the PGA Tour goes to a Donald Ross I, layout, I agree 100%. I was there last year uh, yes. for the first time and got to, to witness it and walk around. And, it's yeah, any old Donald Ross course so, is great. It's so good. It's smaller, it's shorter, but it certainly, you know, it rewards uh, whoever's whoever's attacking it that week. That Davis is it. Love the third was attacking it last year, made a <laughs> ton of putts. 
So for Will and Randall, I'm Lisa. Thanks a lot for watching. This has been Monday Scramble. A lot to look forward to this week on Golf Channel, highlighted by the women in Rio. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash.